0: You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with Jacob Morrison. Good evening, folks. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. Adam could not be here. He's having Internet difficulties right now. Uh, So this is the fifth interview in our IWW series. We are talking to two members of the Burgerville Union out of uh, the Pacific Northwest. And the Burgerville Union, I... I'm very excited to be able to talk to y'all because y'all have been probably one of the most, you know, if, if people know who the IWW is, they probably know from Burgerville. And so I'm really excited to be able to talk to
1: Uh, y'all. Can y'all introduce yourselves?
2: Yeah. um, I'm Emily. Uh,
1: And my name is Luis. Uh, I've been working at Burgerville uh, since 2014. I had a... uh, break during COVID uh, and uh, uh, been a part of the IWW for a while as well. Uh, Emily, how long have you been at Burgerville?
2: Um, I've been there for three years as of this month. Yes, it was a couple of days ago, actually. And I've been part of the union, I would say, really involved with the union over the past year, year and a half, specific, uh, specifically through COVID.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And y'all... Um... Can can y'all tell us, Burgerville? What
2: what is Burgerville? Um, we're a fast food chain on the in Oregon and Washington on the West Coast in the Pacific Northwest. There, we have a. I'm not really. Sh- I can't remember how many stores exactly we have, but in um, our union we have four stores.
0: And are all of y'all in Portland?
2: Uh, no, we have some in Washington as well.
0: Are both you and Louise in Portland?
1: Yeah, we're based yes. in Portland. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. and I'll, I'll add this, There's a there's a fifth. There's a fifth uh union location. Awesome. Uh, so.
0: Very cool, very I cool. Am. So, <laughs> Louise <clears throat> Louise, you've been in the uh in in the Burgerville union for a while now can you talk to us some about your and you mentioned that you were in the iww before the campaign at burgerville actually which is which is fascinating um because you know the iww is not not a terribly large union can you talk like how did you find how did you come to join the iww some of your a bit of your history there and then um to starting the campaign at burgerville
1: yeah. Um, I joined the IWW when I moved to Portland, um, and uh, I was looking for, you know, relationships with other, you know, uh, workers who wanted to cause trouble. I mean, that's a the thing I believe in. It's the thing I want to be a part of. Um, and Portland has had a really strong presence of the IWW for quite a while, um, including, uh, you know, different different campaigns at different stores and lots of different stuff. And I, I really was inspired by just the, all the people I met and all the, um, the energy that, that people had. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I was working at Burgerville and, uh, had relationships with other folks working at other stores. And, uh, we started having conversations about, you know, what was going wrong. And I remember I, I, uh, um, when I first started, I thought it was going pretty well as a job. It was at the airport location and I uh, was on the, uh, on the bus with somebody, um uh coming back from work and i said hey you know it seems like people really like this place and then he says no is being nice because you're new we all hate it here <laughs> and uh that was my moment when i knew that there was going to be plenty of trouble to cause here so uh yeah we've been uh um we launched our union in 2016 um we were uh thought of ourselves as sort of uh, next next step after all the fast food worker organizing that had been happening forming a real union that was a substantial organization that we could you know make make some gains with and we um, have been fighting ever since um, we won legal recognition at, 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 at a few stores and um, have made quite a few changes to vertical policy that i think are generally for the better so
0: yeah, you mentioned that about the, you know, the next step in fast food worker organizing and to make that explicit, you know, there's been a Fight for 15, uh, you know, movements like that have been around since about 2012 and that there's there's a lot of organizing and energy going into uh the Fight for 15 among fast food workers as opposed to uh, you know, unionization, potentially, why did y'all make the choice to, instead of like deepening involvement with the fight for 15 campaign in and of itself, why did y'all choose to unionize?
1: Well, I think it speaks to, you know, where we have power, right? Like, you know, I don't really believe that I have power in the government. It's the government. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I have power on the job because I'm the one doing the work and making money for the boss. And, you know, I think that uh, companies like Burgero like to present themselves. And this is a thing, uh, your listeners won't know, is that Burgerville is kind of, their brand is very, you know, we're sustainable, we're a good employer and all this stuff. And they're really not that much different. You know, there's some things they do differently, but they're not that much different when it comes to working there. And um, the, uh, you know, we didn't want Burgerville to get off the hook, you know, to be like, oh, we're not responsible for paying poverty wages. We're not responsible for um, for the fact that workers are sleeping in their cars, you know, because that's just... You know, we got to handle this at the state level policy issues or whatever. And we were like, you know what? This is you are responsible for it. You're the employer. You could turn around and give people a five dollar raise right now and you're not doing it. So we're going to hold you accountable to that.
0: Right, right. Uh, and and I think that makes a lot of sense that, um, you know. I have become, uh, you know, people. People that listen to the show regularly will know that that I was in my college days. I was in leadership of the college Democrats. Uh, Father, forgive me for I have sinned, and um, you know, I I have since come to be much less hopeful about about change coming from the government and especially from Democrats. Um, you know, and I think that that makes a lot of sense, and uh, you know. At the and so you've made the decision to organize at the point of production to unionize. Why did you go? Why did everybody go with the IWW? I guess you kind of had that at that predilection because of your membership there, but why did everybody else make the collective decision to say we're going to go with the IWW instead of, um, you know, a different union?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think there's two ways to answer that or two reasons for it. Um, One answer is that, um, you know, the IWW really values like workers on the job having a say and really values democracy. Um, And, uh, you know, we didn't want to just, uh, like, I've had experience uh, as a member with Unite here. I have had I've had friends who have experience with SEIU and these other bigger unions, and I think it can be really alienating, and, and we really wanted to, you know, part of this is that we were young and wanted to go on an adventure, but I think part of it is just realizing that we wanted to be in the driver's seat, um, and that really wasn't going to happen in a bigger union. So um, that's some of the IWW values, and hopefully as it gets bigger, it's going to continue valuing that. Um, uh, the other, uh, the other point to, for me personally is that I really do believe in the IWW's bigger vision. I mean, that IWW thinks that building unions is the first step to changing a whole lot more in our society and, you know, having working class people have a say over our own lives, not just in the shop floor, but everywhere else. And I think that, um, to the extent that we can help that we, in our organizing can help Burgerville workers and help other people in the city kind of see that bigger thing, um, I think that's really important, and I really value that as part of what the IWW does.
0: You mentioned that that the company likes to put on a a a, 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 big, a good face, so to speak, and but that there was actually a lot of discontent. What were some of the issues that or, that that um, drove people to say that this isn't good enough, and we're going to have to fight to get better?
1: Well, uh, money was a big major was a major thing for us, and it still is. Um, you know, it's fast food people. Uh, there's an expectation that people who work in fast food just don't make a lot of money. Um, And I think part of that is because there's an expectation that they're, you know, um, uh, younger or don't have obligations and stuff. And, you know, we can go into that question, but the fact is there's just plenty of people that are trying to make a living with families or, or, you know, on their own um, and the, and the money just wasn't good enough. Um, So that was a big thing. Um, I also think that, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a place where like most jobs, you don't feel like you have a lot of power. You know, I think the schedule is a big thing that comes up for people. Um, uh, schedules changed when we first started schedules changed every week and could change pretty dramatically. And they still change, uh, pretty dramatically sometimes. And, um, I think that people wanted that consistency and feel like they could really rely on this job.
0: I've been following the campaign there for a while and management did not take it lying down. They
1: they've put up a fight, right? I would say so. I would say so, and I think we put up a fight as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, been a fight.
0: It, Emily, when you came in, you you know, you came in, you said 3 years ago, is that right? Yeah. So, uh it has. There has never not been a union fight going on at Burgerville Your through your entire employment there. How, uh, like, were you aware of that when you, uh, you know, when you signed on to, like, be a Burgerville employee? Like, was that part of the reason that you wanted to go there? Because there's a union there. Maybe there will be some added protection. Maybe it'll be a little bit better. Or, like, how, you know... Why did you? Why did you want to work at Burgerville? And what was it like jumping into this fight?
2: So, I honestly had really no idea that that they were doing union stuff. And when I first came on, um, I came on due to personal reasons, and I just had to get a job real, real fast. Um, and this is the one that I could just get as fast as I could. Um, but when I came in, I think it was like maybe the second or third day I was working, and um, this. This guy who used to work with us, he was the steward lead in the store at the time. His name was Chris Merkel. And um, <clears throat> he just came up to me, and he just started go- talking to me about everything. And he was like, hey, we're trying to do this, and this is what we're trying to do here. And, like, he just started talking to me about the union. He was like, this would be awesome if you could get involved. And, like, we're trying to, like, fight back as soon fight back his crew and everything i was just like oh okay and then from then on he just like kept getting updated and then he left and then kind of I just kind of got involved with it slowly over time um but yeah there was always a fight going on when i was working there We were always doing petitions for something always fighting for our rights always had our backs with everything so i thought it was really cool and it was really nice to be in a space where we had that um had people behind us who were willing to fight for workers even though in that job setting it was like i know like mcdonald's and other stuff they don't have that so to have that it was felt like a more better security like a nice security blanket yeah
0: (laughs) why do you like (laughs) there i I know people uh you know i'm thinking of of some of my family now that uh really (laughs) they're very conflict averse uh and at even if potentially there is more protection or maybe some some protection they would really like uh recoil and i think you know part of it is is due to kind of the conditioning that they've had but they they would really be apprehensive about being in an envi- in an environment where there's constant conflict but that was like a like like uh uh you know like relieving for you
2: yeah definitely and i'm also one of those type of people like louise said like i'm the type of person that likes to fight back i like to stand up for people who don't like to stand up for themselves like i like to make i like to make problems for people who are <laughs> thinking like oh well there shouldn't be any problems like oh there's definitely problems here you know i'm just like i just like to be that person i've always been that person so when i found out like this is going on i was like oh yeah you know hell yeah like i'm i'm in with this like let's do this
0: <laughs> that's great that's 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 really awesome and and it's really a shame that there are so many people down here that seem at once so they they have incorporated their like somehow their aversion to authority into an obedience of authority, almost. You know, like I, I remember, um, like, or I, I still, I still do this whenever there's a cop out, out there, like trying to catch somebody. Um, speeding you know I'll flash my lights at, at people for the next mile down the road or something but I never see people do that and that's something that, like my dad taught me funny enough you know I was talking about my family being kind of conflict at first but my dad taught me to do that actually and um, my original co-host David who still helps us behind the show he talks about how that happened all the time you know and there was like this real like you know people did not like the cops in the south um there were you know there was there was like a real genuine kind of um you know vein of, of anti-authoritarianism that has been that has really been bound up in now a respect for authority almost by another name and i love to see where that tradition is revived in and out of the south in in you know various ways um and and s- s- what were some of the fights that got you the most animated
2: um well when we were i mean i i'm trying to think cuz all the fights i've been like we've all been really really involved in and like super super active, I was super excited to get, um, but I think the most would be when last year, when all of those, um, what was it called? When all of the um, protests and everything was going on Mm -hmm. with the BLM movement and the LGBTQ movement and um, all that um our managers weren't letting us like really get involved trying to like help support the community in that and i remember being like well you guys say that you guys love the community and you guys want to do everything to help the community so you guys aren't letting us do this and that's like that makes you guys not look good right and i remember i was fighting back about that and winning that and it just felt really nice to be able to show the community that we were supporting them that was a really big one and then um the, uh, the extra tip wage in our in our drive-throughs was also a very big win that I was really happy about getting for because it's making us extra money for people who really need that money right now, especially in the COVID going on and it's ramping back up and they're not giving us hazard pay. So this extra tip money coming in is really helping people get by in the moment. So I I would say those two in the past year, I think were my biggest achievements, my happiest moments um, of winning in the union.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that... uh, you know, I, and I can't remember if this was before we started recording or after, but that you started being more, much more active in the last year, even though you've been working there in uh, for the last three years. What was the catalyst that? And now you're a steward, I think, at, at your at your location. What was the catalyst there that that said, okay, I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna try to pitch in and do more. Like, what what changed for you?
2: Um, uh, the the steward before me kind of wanted to drop down. He wasn't wanting to really be involved as much anymore and there wasn't really anybody willing to step up. And it was, it was kind of more of like, I kind of got pushed into it at first a little bit, but then more as I talked to Louis <laughs> about everything, luis about everything um and then um we also had this previous person named jess who was working with me they it started realizing that like oh this is something that's really good and it could be good for me too in the future you know um and so i started taking further steps and becoming a steward and getting more and more involved and i just kind of took it from there
0: that that's really that's awesome i love that you got pushed into it that's great <laughs> <laughs> And I
1: mean, and that's, and that's, you're welcome, Emily.
0: Yeah. And that speaks to your, (laughs) I think that speaks to your union that, you know, that you did have people pushing you into, uh, that position of, you know, I don't know that leadership would be the right word, but, but activeness that, you know, because there are a lot of unions that, um, you know, uh, that that young people uh or or new people getting too involved is kind of threatening to the people that have power and and so I, I love to hear that that they were that they're really encouraging uh you know people to get involved uh, as quickly as they can and you know that that involvement um you know Louise, you said that y'all have won. A lot, uh, y- y'all have actually been able to change, uh, a lot of Burgerville policies. And I want to make this explicit like we did in another interview. Y'all have one uh, NLRB recognition at five stores, but you have yet to actually negotiate a contract. So all of the wins that you have so far have been done, uh, without a contract. Um, what, what are some of those, uh, what are some of those things that you were talking about?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, just to, clear, just to make that clear, yeah, like we are a union regardless of the legal, whatever, whatever, you know, the contract, like we're an organization of workers. So um, uh, we don't currently have a signed contract, but that doesn't mean we can't get the company to make change policies. So, um, you know, big one, uh, the tips that um, uh, Emily mentioned are a huge deal. I mean, it's a way that people can make more money and it really does make an impact. Um, another thing uh, uh, that we've gotten is uh, a um, oh, man. It's been it's, it's been quite a it's been quite a while. Um, uh, we've uh, uh, we've gotten uh, one of the things that's still waiting on the contract is actually interesting is is, is consistent scheduling, um, uh, a way for people to get like three uh, three month schedule in advance. We don't have that now, and that is one of the things we are waiting to sign the agreement um although when we do we're gonna we're gonna get that um uh we've gotten you know i think another thing is that there's there is a different vibe on the shop floor i think people uh um uh at the union shops especially feel like they can they can push back and there's small things right like getting floor mats um getting um um getting hours changed getting uh, uh, um, work assignments so that the the load is shared more evenly. I mean, just those kind of little things on the week-to-week. They feel small when you say it in this kind of context, but they're, they're, they they're matter. They really matter on the day-to-day, and I think all your listeners probably, probably know that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing that the three months in advance scheduling, I think anybody that has ever worked in the service industry knows that that, like, that's bonkers. Uh, that that would be really life changing. Why did y'all cho- choose to go a contract route and try to actually fight for a contract? And what's it waiting on to to be signed?
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, it's definitely con- it's definitely not a uh, uh, the only way that we could have gone. Um, and I think that for us, a contract meant uh, uh, a certain kind of clarity for uh, for workers after the initial crew of people who helped found it, you know, um, are gone or are, so many of them are no longer around, um, uh, of, of, of sort of solidifying what it is that we got. Um, and I think the other thing too is, is, uh, um, uh, setting up structures to help us organize. So that includes, you know, uh, shop stewards, which we do have within, without the contractor, right. For have shop stewards who recognize, but then, um, ways to uh, um, solve problems uh, that have to do um, with some formal mechanisms, a little extra legal weight, um, but also stuff um, uh, like the ability for workers to take leaves, uh, to do union work, um, and some of those things, uh, and the ability for people, you know, outside support organizers to come in and meet meet up with workers, um, uh, the right to be there in the shop. So there's a couple of rights and interesting stuff that's going that I think is going to help us maintained for the long term and that's really kind of a tricky questions um right now the contracts uh we're getting close um we're waiting on two but we're not it's still tricky we're Waiting on two big things one is uh kind of solidifying the wage stuff because i think that um especially uh since not every worker has one has gotten tips to drive through yet we're waiting on the company we're trying to pressure the company to roll that out further they're still in a quote trial period um and uh Um, We don't want to we're waiting to make sure that the the money that workers are going to get is really what they need. Um, uh, And then it's it's preserving our right to continue to take some kind of action um, because, uh, um, you know, the IWW really values worker action no matter what. And I think that um, uh, uh, we're not we're not we're not willing to sign an agreement that just says that we're going to roll over. And that's what the management wants. So trying to figure out how to navigate that.
0: Right, right. How do you keep, um, you know, in a fast food, in a fast food job where you, the turnover is going to be very high? How do you keep, like, you know, it, it sounds like getting the contract you feel like will really help the stability of the organization. Um, in the meantime, how, how are you, uh, you know, keeping interest and, uh, keeping the membership active and keeping people in membership?
1: Well, I think the the really important piece is like setting cultures on the shop floor and just sort of keeping that union awareness. And I will say COVID has been a hit. You know, there's been a couple stores where there's not as much union engagement as there was before. Um, the store that Emily and I will both work at now, I think is one of the better ones. And just small things like, you know, we redid the bu- union bulletin board. Emily can, can, uh, big props to Emily for that, but, you know, wearing buttons and just talking to people about it, uh, keeping it being something that people are, it's not just sort of a, Oh, that's, uh, that's something that exists on paper, but having it be, something that exists sort of, uh, actually, uh, uh, in practice.
0: Right. Right. And Louise, I know that you have to go soon. Uh, so, you know, whenever you need to feel free to drop off. Um, Emily, how do you feel about uh, you know you know this is uh, you know this is something that that most fast food employees do not have and that they're not a part of how does it feel to be part of that and like what does it what does it mean to you to be able to be part of uh, part of a union at a fast food restaurant Before you
1: say that, Emily, I am gonna run I appreciate your time very much and uh, solidarity to everyone out there. Thanks Louise. I
0: appreciate it
2: yeah um it feels really great i mean i know when i tell people like oh yeah i work at burger and they're like oh but i'm also part of a union and they're like wait what and it's like it's they don't really get the grasp of it at first but when they like start explaining they're like wait wait that's really cool because a lot of my friends do construction and like stuff like that and they're like part of the unions and that business are like wait so i'm like it's kind of like the same thing we're like just off different um, how how do I say this? <laughs> off different chains of the union part, you know, like I'm part of the union, but it's like, part, like restaurant workers mm-hmm. basically. <clears throat> It's like we're like working for the same rights that they're trying to work for, like better wages, better hours and all this. But like, that's really cool. And it just feels really good to be part of that because I know a lot of people don't have that. And I'm actually working with the National Alliance Union right now. And I'm talking to people from all over the United States and in Canada. And a lot of them don't have what I have and they're doing harder work than I am. And it's just really crazy to think that and I feel really grateful. I feel really grateful to have what I'm doing. And I feel even more grateful that I'm able to help work harder and fight harder for what people actually deserve to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that. I think that's a great attitude to have. And, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that I've, I've gotten the, uh, the opportunity to meet you and, you know, I appreciate your time talking to me tonight. What would be your, message for people in the service industry in, you know, restaurants and bars and especially fast food, uh, you know, fast food companies that, you know, I was in the service industry for three years. I saw a lot, a lot of exploitation and I was simply not educated, like looking back on it now, the amount of social cohesion that we had in that restaurant, um, especially during the first year that I worked there, I really think that we could have unionized if any of us, if any one of us had been educated about like how to do it, I think we could have done it. And I think that if we had done it, that the store might still be there because after uh, a little bit after I left, the store closed down because, uh, management sucked ass and like, uh, <laughs> i mean it was just really really bad they uh you know they didn't care about the workers they um you know never gave anybody a raise hardly uh they you know there's just no nothing to retain good employees or attract new uh new employees And, um, you know, it was, it, it, it's just such a shame that, that we weren't able to turn that into a place that would be good to go to and would be good to work out because I, you know, uh, there were certain aspects of the job that I really liked, but the, you know, the imagination that people have is just not there. Um, and there are a lot of people that, um, you know, they just think that it's the, it's too high of a hill to climb, right? Like, um, you know. You you aren't the only NLRB recognized fast food union in the country for nothing, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a difficult yeah. it's a difficult fight. You know, what would you tell folks in that situation?
2: Well, I would say would be you you work under you have workers' labor's rights. You have rights when you're working under labor laws, and any company you sign on, you always have that um privilege and so i just don't be scared to push back against your managers don't be scared to say hey this is wrong like what you're doing is not okay and um also you can go to your look you can go to um most places have unions you can just try and Find your local union and be like, "Hey, I'm trying to organize." As long as you have enough people in your workplace to organize, it's just the fact that you just got to talk to people and not be scared to push back and just take that take that step, no matter how scary it might be. That step is definitely worth it in the end. Um, everybody has worker work, worker laws under their under their labor contract or whatever. I can't remember the exact one that we're under, um, but yeah you have rights everybody has rights and even though the companies may be like hey you're gonna treat you like they own you they don't own you you're a human being working and you deserve what you're what you're working for you deserve more money even if it's a crappy job you're still working you're still working your booty off to get your money and make your hard day work and pay to get through this life you know
0: yeah absolutely i mean that's you know uh uh, I think there are very, very few people that, that work that are compensated enough and, and that have enough respect and, and stuff. And so, you know, uh, there are people all over the country that are fighting and there are people all over the country that are winning, uh, even against really tall odds. And so, you know, hopefully people will hear this series and hear our show and hear other shows uh, that do this kind of thing and, and maybe be inspired to to take action themselves. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for your time. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you for inviting me to speak on your amazing radio show. All
0: right. Thanks, Emily.